0: They take good singing, you know. It's not just a blessing here that goes out over the, over the internet. God only knows where it goes and who listens to it. I know, uh, I know. Br- uh, Brother Johnny Campbell and Carlene usually watches in on our services, and I know he really got a blessing last Sunday night of Brother Bill singing. And uh, he said, I didn't know he could sing like that. And he said, Man, that was good. He liked that song you sung, the Jack Lassiter uh, song. He liked that. And, uh, of course, I don't want to discourage you, but he even said I sounded good leading the uh, singing, so it may not be that big of a compliment. I don't know. But we uh, appreciate all these young folks singing. Uh, uh, young folks singing uh, Dave and I this morning, and Emma tonight, and young men playing the instruments uh, this morning. And we thank God for that. It's hard on our young folks, as you know it, and not being able to be in school and be around their friends and things, and it's very difficult for them. We sometimes only think of it in the realms of adulthood, uh, but we need to pray for our young people. They're starting back to school uh, this week some, and we need to remember uh, the teachers and and all the uh, students uh, this week uh, as they go back to school and try to get back to some kind of an of a normalcy, and we hope to uh, maybe in a few weeks be able to get something together for our young folks that uh, they can start getting together some here uh, at the church. I know they they need that just like we need to be together. All right, take your Bibles tonight and turn to Genesis chapter 28 tonight, Genesis chapter 28 tonight, and uh, we want to begin our reading in verse 10 of that 28th chapter tonight. Genesis 28 and verse 10, page 42 in the Schofield Bible, if you have a Schofield Bible. And the Bible said, And Jacob went out from Beersheba, and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place, and tarried there all night, because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place, and put them for his palace. And he laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. The top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, and the land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt Spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with thee. I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob arose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pellas and set it up for a pillar, and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee a tenth unto thee. Thank you. You may be seated. Our fathers, we come this evening, Lord, once again on bended knee, Lord, to call upon God that's in heaven, and we pray, Lord, this evening we know your hand's not short, that it can't reach us. And your ear's not deaf tonight that it can't hear us. and Lord, we know that as the song just sung, that your ways are not our ways, and our thoughts are not always your thoughts. But, Lord, we come to thee tonight realizing every good thing that we have that come from the hand of God. We realize that all our blessings flow from the cross, and, Lord, they flow from Calvary. And, Father, as we look to Thee tonight, we come in the, uh, Lord, beginning of this new year, and we need the Lord to strengthen us for the journey. And, uh, Lord, only You know the course and what lies ahead for any one of us, but the Bible said You have knowledge to know what we have need of before we need it. And so, Lord, I pray tonight You'd put Your Word into my heart, I pray you'd season heavily this message out of heaven and I pray the Holy Spirit would anoint us tonight and may God's will be done tonight and his purpose be done tonight in ascending forth of this portion of his word and we'll be careful to thank you Lord for all the blessings you've already given us tonight if you didn't bless us another time and yet I know you will Lord it's more than we deserve and we thank you tonight in Jesus name. Amen and amen. I want to, last Sunday night I preached to you where Moses met God. There in Exodus chapter 3, Moses' encounter with God. And tonight, Jacob now is 70 years old. Uh, That's how old he is. You might have thought him a lot younger, but Jacob is 70 years old when we read what we've read tonight. This is really one of three encounters that he's going to have with God. This is the first one. And uh, I want us to look at it tonight and see if we, maybe God will show us something tonight that might encourage you and me tonight and give us, inspire us to see that no matter what age we are, that we could have a fresh encounter with God. I think we need one at the beginning of this. Uh, new Year that we're starting, I think that one of the things that we all could use would be a fresh encounter with God. Maybe you've never had an encounter with God, period. Uh, well, you need an encounter with God uh, tonight. And uh, we look here tonight in these verses that I've read, and I want to give you three things tonight out of uh, these verses, if I can. And uh, when uh, Jacob had this encounter with God, And you'll find that whenever Jacob or Moses or Hannah or whoever it is has an encounter with God, that many of the things that they experience and and when and where they have their encounter with God has a lot to do with when you and I have an encounter with God. And uh, when we pick up here in this story, uh, Jacob is not leaving because he wants to go visit Haran. Uh, He's not going on a visit. Uh, He don't really want to go. The Bible said there in verse 10, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. But he's not going because that he wants to go. He's going because his father has bid him to go. And not only had his father bid him to go, but the reason his father's bid him to go is because his brother's going to kill him. He stole his brother's blessing, and uh, we'll get into that maybe a little bit tonight. But the Bible said in verse 41 of of chapter 27, it said, Esau hated Jacob. Uh, Imagine that, Esau hated his brother. The Bible said Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So he's sworn that he's going to kill his brother Jacob. So this is a time of peril in the life of Jacob. Do you know most of the time whenever we have encounters with God that it is a time of peril in our lives. Uh, We usually don't have an encounter with God whenever things are going good. We're not usually looking for one. Uh, we, don't, we're, we don't really look for God because we don't need God. Everything's going good, and uh, we're kind of like sea in church. We feel like we have need of nothing. But when perils come into our life, then we find that we do need God. Amen. And uh, I think, for, at least for us Christians tonight, I think that this pandemic, that one of the things it does is it makes us realize we need God. And that this is a peril in our life that we have not passed this way before. Now when Jacob starts on this journey, I want you to remember he, he don't want to go, but he's got to go. And he starts on this journey, and the Bible said in verse 10, He went from Bathsheba and went toward Haran. Now that is a 660 mile journey that he's about to engulf on. Now, keeping in mind they don't have cars, they don't have buses, they don't have taxis, uh, that he's going to have to walk all of this way, 660 miles that he's going to be walking and he's going to be going by himself. Did you know sometimes God puts you in a position where that you're in a peril and you have to be by yourself uh, and sometimes god does that because he wants to encounter with us uh, and he cannot encounter with us as long uh, as we have a lot of other people around that's why the average person doesn't like being alone the average person doesn't like to be in the house without the tv on or the radio on and people say well i'm not watching it i just i just like the noise uh, Uh, They get in the car and turn the radio on. I don't like the music. I dislike the noise. Uh, In other words, we don't like it still and quiet. But the Bible said, be still and know that I'm God. And so God many times puts us in a place that's still and quiet and we're all alone and we're all by ourselves because God wants to speak with us. And so Jacob is... In this peril, he's literally been drove from home uh, and he's looking over his shoulder the whole time because he thinks his brother may be going to kill him at any turn or any place. Uh, He's traveling 660 miles uh, of hard road, rugged road, uh, uh, and a lot of it through wooded areas. Uh, Not only is the distance long, but the danger's great. Uh, uh, in, In the book of Reverend Daniel uh reverend daniel march wrote and uh, brother Rondell give it to me i had an old copy uh but it's a great book it's an old old book and it's called scenes in the night uh, and uh, brother ron will give it to me and i appreciate that but in that book he talks about different night scenes in the bible and he says in that book that the road that jacob is traveling on uh, he said it's a hard road uh, and he said that he must travel this road with meager fare. He don't, at this time, he don't have a lot of money. He don't have a lot of riches at this time. Uh, not only must he travel this road with all of that, but he must go through whatever weather comes his way. Uh, uh, he doesn't have anywhere to get out of the weather. He doesn't have a tent. He doesn't have a lean-to. He doesn't have anything uh, and he's by himself. Uh, the thought must come to his mind that if he's attacked by some animal or if he falls down some steep place, uh, if he has some kind of an accident, there's nobody there but him alone. Uh, and all of these things must be going through his mind. Uh, he don't know if around the next curb there's an assassin there, uh, a uh, thief, if you will, because they they, they traveled that road. They hid in the woods, they often rob people and kill people, and so he's in a very dangerous, dangerous time in his life. Uh, uh, Not only that, uh, uh, but he's traveling with one of the worst things that anybody could ever travel with. Uh, He's traveling with a guilty conscience because he's done his brother wrong. He has stole his brother's birthright. He has lied to his father. He has uh, cheated his father. And he is really a liar and a schemer and a cheat. Uh, and he's living with all of that. Uh, uh, did you know whenever you you got a guilty conscience uh, uh, that down deep inside of you, uh, uh, you're always thinking God's going to get you. Uh, Because you didn't do somebody right. You uh, treated somebody wrong. And always you got that in the back of your mind. You got that guilty conscience. You can't really sleep at night. And every sound awakes him. Every little noise. He's looking around to see who it is. uh, And to see what's going to happen to him. Uh, And so he's in a very dangerous place in his life. Uh, He's all alone. Uh, He's traveling a long ways. He's in a dangerous place. He's all by himself. I, and he is in the perfect place to have an encounter with God. Amen. Whenever, whenever you and I find ourselves in a peril, we are in the perfect place to have an encounter with God. I said this morning that Jesus... Done his greatest work uh, at the funeral home, uh, at the hospital. Uh, uh, Jesus done his greatest work in a time of famine, and uh, and uh, when we look at the what we're going through right now, uh, uh, instead of wondering where God's at, we ought to keen our eyes up and keen our ears up uh, and listen and look and see what God is a doing. Uh, uh, because I promise you, God is a doing something. Uh, and God is a- working in this time of peril uh, uh, that we find ourselves in. Uh, the Bible said not only that, uh, uh, there's a distant, there's a danger, but there's a disposition of Jacob himself. Uh, you say, what do you mean? See, Jacob and his brother were total opposites. Uh, uh, Jacob, uh, his brother was a, he was a man's man. Uh, uh, his brother was a man of the world. Uh, Uh, His brother was a hunter. His brother was everything we'd think of a man. uh, That's what Esau was. The Bible says it this way. The Bible said, And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. Uh, In other words, when you looked at Esau, there's nothing sissy about him. Uh, uh, When you look at Esau, he's ever bit a man. Uh, uh, I mean, the Bible said he's a hunter. He loves to go out in the field. Uh, uh, The Bible said that that that's just the way he is. Uh, And his daddy loves him more than he loves Jacob. Uh, uh, his daddy loves Esau because Esau is the kind of kind of man uh, his daddy really wishes that Jacob was. Uh, uh, you see, Jacob's disposition wasn't like that. Uh, did you ever notice how that uh, you can have two kids, uh, uh, two uh, sisters, two brothers, brother and a sister. They come from the same home. They come from the same surroundings, the same environments, uh, but they're total opposite. Uh, uh, because they each one have their own disposition, if you will, uh, and so we look at Jacob, and Jacob is is everything opposite of what Esau is. Uh, Jacob is really a mama's boy, Amen. Amen. And uh, when you read about Jacob, his mother's the one that helped him connive and scheme uh, uh, to get his daddy to bless him instead of Esau. Uh, and his mother's the one that's always concerned about him. Jacob is a mama's boy. Esau is daddy's boy. Now, most of the time, the way it works, uh, if, you have, if you have girls, they're daddy's girls. And if you have a boy, they're mama's boy. Amen. And uh, something about them mamas and boys. Amen. Now, my family always accused uh, me of being the favorite of my mother. I think they were right. <laughs> but there uh, ain't nothing wrong with being a mama's boy, but I'm just trying to point out to you the disposition that Jacob had. See, Jacob's not a man of the field. Jacob's not a man that would go out and hunt down an animal and kill it and skin it. Jacob's not that kind Of a person. Jacob is more of a stay-home person. Uh, uh, Jacob's more of a person that would just rather be at home and not out in the field and not rambling. Now, you put all that together tonight uh, and you think about the disposition of Jacob. Here's a boy that doesn't even like to leave home. Here's a man uh, uh, that doesn't even like being alone. Here's a man uh, uh, that doesn't even like being out in the field in the daytime, let alone the night. And there he is, and so he's in the office peril that ever was. Uh, Did you know that oftentimes God puts you and me in places that we would never go by our own choice uh, because he's trying to get us to travel the road where we'll be by ourselves, where that we'll have to run head on into God and have an encounter with God himself. Amen. Uh, and so we look here and we see the peril of his encounter, all of this. And then the Bible said that in verse eleven he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. He took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. Now there's been a lot of songs wrote about that pillow that Jacob lay on. No doubt it was. It was hard. It was a stone. And uh, uh, commentaries I've read said that probably he put them stones there and then he took off a piece of his garment and he rolled it up and probably peeled it under his head on the top of that stone so that he wouldn't be laying directly on that stone like any one of us would do in a situation like that. Uh, But nevertheless, he came to this place... uh, and the Bible said he no doubt swore out from doing all the walking, all the traveling. I, I, no doubt he swore out. And so when he finally finds a little clearing, a little spot there, he makes him a little bed there on the ground, and he gets some stones for his pillow, and he lays down to go to sleep. And the Bible said he fell off to sleep. And it said he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set upon earth. Now, we want to look at the picture of this encounter that he had with God. Did you know that God can meet you in a lot of different ways? Have you ever had a dream that you felt like God was in? I've had uh, most of my dreams are not because God's in them. Uh, Most of my dreams come from, like the other night, uh, my wife, she made uh, black-eyed peas and hog jowl, yeah. and cooked cabbage. You say that, you think that'll bring you good luck? No, but it tastes good. Hey, man. I like all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I really wanted to have good luck, so I ate three plates of it. Yeah. And while, after I got through eating three plates of it, I... Watched a preaching CD Bob McCurry sent me for Christmas. And I went to bed that night and I dreamed about Bob all night long. And it was the craziest dream you ever heard of. Bob had called me, wanted me to come down, said he wanted to get married. And I went down there and I forgot to take the marriage ceremony you use, you know. And Man, you ever been half awake and half asleep and I tossed and turned all night and I tried to memorize it. I'd get halfway through it and, and I was looking everywhere and I couldn't find one and he told me to go down the road and said, uh, there's a preacher who lives down there. He'll have one. And I went down there and knocked on the door and the preacher had Alzheimer's. He didn't even know his name. I couldn't make nothing out with him. I, and I, I come back and as I come back, Sister Carol, his wife, I steps out on the door and I say, whoa, wait a minute. You're still married to her? crazy and I never for one second thought God was in that I knew it was that cabbage I knew it was that cornbread Uh, I I knew it was all that food I eat but I have had some dreams that when I woke up I knew God was in that dream I've only had about two of them in my life uh, and both of them proved to be of God because the very thing that I dreamed about happened, uh, and both times it was a premonition, if you will, both times it was a warning that God was giving me of something that was about to happen in the church. uh, And both times uh, uh, what was about to happen would have happened if God hadn't given me a little premonition uh, and I was able to pray and get ready for it and prepare for it. And I know as well as I'm standing right here behind this desk, uh, I know that those dreams were of God. uh, uh, But most of the time they're not. Jacob has this dream. He lays upon this pillow. And I can see him tossing and turning all night as he laid upon that pillow of stone. And the Bible said he dreamed a dream, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending. And so Jacob has this encounter with God in a dream. Sometimes your encounter with God does not come into running most of the time, hardly ever, if ever, do they come into you actually running into God. Uh, but really what happens is it's a spiritual thing. Uh, and when Jacob had this dream, God revealed himself to Jacob in this dream that he had, this picture that he saw. Uh, and what he saw was a ladder uh, upon the earth going all the way to the top of heaven. God was trying to reveal something to Jacob. And he saw angels, the Bible said, they were ascending and descending on this ladder. Jacob lays down there, knowing with all that's on his mind when he lays down there that night, and God gives him this picture. And it's something he needs to know. When you have an encounter with God, he don't waste time, he's not fooling around, uh, he's trying to get something through our thick skulls. He's trying to show us something that we need. And when Jacob saw in that dream that ladder on the earth and that ladder going all the way to heaven and the angels ascending and descending, I, God was telling him there's a way of communication. There's a way of connection. That you on the earth can talk to God up in heaven. Aren't you glad tonight for prayer? Amen. I, and I will tell you that most all divine encounters, uh, almost all of them have have somewhere within the mix of it, there's some praying going on. Uh, Jacob lays down there. He's probably wondering if God even cares or knows who he is. Uh, and the Bible said that he saw this ladder going up and down and the angels ascending. It was showing that there was a connection uh, between earth and heaven in troubled times. Yeah. Ah oh, I'm so glad tonight uh, in these troubled times that we have fallen upon uh I'm glad tonight there's a connection. I'm glad tonight there is communication between heaven and earth. I'm glad that that lets me know there's a God up there that cares about what's going on down here. Don't you never let the devil make you think for one second uh, uh, that God doesn't care about his church, that God doesn't care about you, that God doesn't care about all this COVID stuff going on. No, sir, there's a God up there that's concerned about what's going on down here he's concerned about you you know what God said he said verse 13 the Lord stood above it and he said I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father the God of Isaac the land whereon thou liest will I give it and thy seed and so this ladder not only stands for prayer but this letter stands for protection. Watch what God says in verse 15. He said, I'm with you. He said, Behold, I'm with thee, and I will keep thee in all places where thou goest. This stands for protection. Uh, when we go over, uh, Jesus uses this same scripture in John chapter 1 and verse uh, 47. Jesus uses this same scripture when he's there talking to Nathaniel. And in verse 51 of John 1, he saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. When Jesus connected that verse, when Jesus quoted that verse, he was saying for all time and eternity, the only way you can communicate with God, the only access you have to God uh, is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Uh, all communications must come through him. Uh, uh, If you pray in Muhammad's name, if you pray in Buddha's name, if you pray in any other name, uh, uh, there's no communication, there's no connection unless you pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, And when you pray in the name of Jesus, I'll tell you, he'll put you directly through, amen, and you can talk to God. There's communication with the Lord. Uh, It stood for protection. Notice what God said in verse 15. Now, mind you, Jacob's scared to death. Mind you, he's got a guilty conscience. Mind you that Jacob has almost come to the end of his world, and he needs to hear from God, and listen to what God tells him. God said in verse 15, and behold, I am with thee. He says, Jacob, I'm with you right now. Boy, he need to hear that. Sounds all around, thieves everywhere, yeah. assassins everywhere. He's out there by himself, and Jacob said, and God says, Jacob, I'm with you right now. Yeah. Can I tell y'all tonight? God's with you right now. Amen. Uh, if you've been saved by the grace of God, He came to live inside of you. Yeah. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Uh, God is with us right now. Uh, God is with us right now in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, uh, God is with us right now in the middle of an election that we don't know how it's going to turn out. Uh, God is with us now, amen. Uh, God is with us now. You say, boy, that must have been good. Yeah, it was. But look what he said. He said, I'm with thee now. But he said, I'll keep thee in all the places where thou goest. He said, Jacob, I'm not only with you right now, I'm going to be with you tomorrow. He said, I'm not only with you where you're at right now, I'm with you where you're going to be tomorrow. Amen. Boy, I don't know about you, but that's a comfort to me. I I know the Lord's with us now. To know the Lord's going to be with us where we're at tomorrow. Thank God. That's good, but it gets better. He said, I will not leave thee. I will not leave thee. He's saying, I'm with you now. I'm going to be with you tomorrow, wherever you go. And I'm going to be with you forever. I'm not going to ever leave you. Amen. i, I tell you, that ought to be a blessing to you tonight. Amen. God reveals his protection to Jacob. He needed to know that. Well, it's good when the Lord lets you know, I'm, I'm, I got you back. I'm watching over you. Amen. I mean, I've been in some scary places. I'm sure y'all have too. And the human nature makes you afraid. But I've been in them places and had the Holy Spirit impress upon me and say, I'm with you. I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be all right. Amen. Get a peace about that. So he has this encounter with God and it shows him something about prayer. It shows him God is watching out over him. And then God gives him a promise there in verse 15. He said, Behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places where thou goest, and I will bring thee again unto this land. Stop right there. Jacob's afraid somebody's going to kill him. Jacob's afraid he's going to die before he gets where he's going. Jacob's afraid Esau is going to slip up on him and take his life. But God says, notice what God says God said, "I will bring thee again unto this land." Uh, uh, well, if God's going to bring him again into this land, ain't nobody going to kill him. Amen. Uh, amen. It's kind of like that John twenty-one scenario. You remember John twenty-one verse eighteen? Peter's backslid on the Lord, and the Lord's come talking to him. And in verse eighteen, after He gets him telling Him He loves Him and says what He wants to say. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, and thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest, but when thou shalt be old. In other words, he said, Peter, you're going to be old when you die. That When I connect the dots and I get over there in Acts 12, it was always confusing to me how they had just cut James' head off, uh, and they would locked up Peter in prison. Now, how in the world was Peter able to sleep so soundly that God had to send an angel down there and really, really shake him up to get him woke up? How could he sleep so soundly in a jail knowing they'd just cut James' head off? Because he remembered the words of Jesus uh, and Jesus said, you ain't going to die till you get old. Uh, and he wasn't old, amen. Uh, he wasn't old. Amen. Protection. God tells Jacob, gives him that promise, You ain't gonna die on this road. You ain't gonna die right now. I got some promises to do for you. I like it when somebody calls me and books me. For a meeting, you so why? Because I don't I don't call people and try to get bookings. Some preachers do. I never have. Well I did early on and and I got in some places I wished to God I was back here, and I quit doing that junk. I just started laying my calendar out in January. I get along with God on the first day of the new year and get along with God all day and just lay a calendar out and say, God, you put me wherever you want me. And it's amazing uh, doing that the other day. And while I'm praying, my phone rings. And it's a preacher, and he says, Brother Rick, he said, I want you to come, and I want you to preach for me in May. Well, you know what I think? I think if God's got me scheduled to be somewhere in May, I must be going to be here in May. Amen. That's the way I look at that stuff. You say, well, you can't do that. Well, I'm going to do that. Amen. If I ain't here in May, you just forgive me. Uh, But that's just the way I look at that stuff. But you see, the Bible said that God gave him a promise, and then God tells him a prophecy. Look at verse 14. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. In other words, he ain't about to die. He ain't about to get killed on no road. He ain't about to starve to death. You say, why? Because God tells him, your seed's going to be as the dust of the earth. You're going to have a bunch of youngins. You're going to have a bunch of children. Amen. Uh, You know what? I think Jacob's feeling better. You say, why? Because he had an encounter with God. If you and I can have an encounter with God, we'll feel better. We'll feel better. Remember, this is Jacob's first encounter with God. He'll have two more, but this is his first encounter with God. You know what your first encounter with God is? It's usually when you get saved. Amen. Amen. You, you don't know. You don't know a lot, but you just you just run head on into God. You have an encounter with God. God gives you a promise or two to rest on, and, and the Lord calls you His, and the Lord says, I'll forgive you of all your sins. And you've got a long ways to go. I mean, there's a lot to learn. There'll be a lot of encounters, but you've got to start somewhere. Amen. And this is Jacob's first encounter with God. Not only do we see the peril of his encounter and the picture of his encounter, but look at verse 16 and 17. And the Bible said, Jacob awakened out of his sleep. And he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob arose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillars and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way, that I go I will, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my Father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give a tenth unto thee. Now Jacob awakes out of his dream. He knows God's visited him. And the Bible said that The first revelation he has when he wakes up is God's in this place. Amen. Did you know that's a good revelation? When you go down to church and I mean it gets right and God gets to dealing with your heart and all at once, I mean you've been to church a lot of times, you've listened to a lot of sermons, you've heard a lot of singing, you've been to a lot of revivals, you've been to a lot of camp meetings and you're thinking about everything but God. But if you ever get in one of them services where God really shows up, and all at once you realize, man, I better wake up, God's in this place. God's in this place. You know, it'd change our worship and our attitude and everything about us if we'd realize God's in this place. Amen. It'd be more than just coming in and singing three songs and going to the house or hearing a sermon or Have three lines of an altar call. If you and I could ever get the revelation, God's in this place. We'd look at things different, amen. Amen. The Bible said he said the Lord's in this. You know what's amazing? The Bible said he said the Lord's in this place. And I knew it not. You know, you and I have been in places like that. God was in the place and you and I was right there in the middle of it and didn't even realize God was there. Somebody else realized it. They come to the altar. They may, they maybe got up and shouted or they maybe run down the aisle or they maybe waved their hands. They realized God was in this place, but you and I sitting there didn't even realize God was there. But when Jacob woke up, he realized God was there, and you know what the first reaction was? He was afraid. He was afraid. He said, Wait a minute, God's in this place. If God's in this place, that means God, mean God sees everything going on. God's in this place, he's seen me on my phone. If God's in this place, He's seen me write little notes and passed it to somebody else. If God's in this place, He's seen me showing pictures to the person next to me. God's in this place, He heard me be ugly to somebody, be hateful to somebody, be mean to somebody. If God's in this place, He's seen everything going on. Well, <laughs> that make you act different. The Bible said there was a revelation. He said the Lord's in this place. And then there was reverence. You know one thing we've lost down at the church house is reverence for the things of God. Amen. Not so much here, but you go to some places and there's no reverence whatsoever for anything to do with the things of God. It's pitiful. It's pitiful. Amen. I preached meetings. I remember preaching a meeting one night revival over to Westland Church and the old building you spillbury years ago. I was preaching a revival meeting and I used to be bad to call people down. And uh, they was a young boy and a young girl in this youth revival I was preaching this sitting back there where Maydale is in this church. And they was hugged up and necking and doing everything in the world and and uh, I don't know, maybe my preacher wasn't going too good anyway and I was mad at myself, I don't know, but finally halfway through it I called him down. I said, Hey! You two back there. Stop it. You say, What'd that do? Kinda like what it did just now. But a whole lot worse. I went I went ahead and finished the sermon. Give the altar call. Guess who the first two people to the altar was? That boy and that girl. Down on the altar, crying. Down on the altar. I went over there with them. Down on the altar, down there. And uh, man, they, they were fine. I went back to the door when the preacher ended the service. And the kids were fine. But mom and daddy, here they come. And that man walked up to me, and he said, "I'd like to know something, sir." I said, "Yes, if I can help you." He said, "That was my daughter you called down back there, and I'd like to know what she's a doing." I said, "Well, there's a doing about everything but kissing, and I thought there's fixing to do that." He said, "That's the first time I've we've ever got that boy to come to church with." Her, he'll never be back again. Uh, Hey, guess who come back every night? The boy and the girl. Guess who didn't come back? Mama and daddy. Uh, That's how that stuff goes about 90% of the time. Amen. Uh, uh, The young people can take it if mama and them will leave them alone. Revelation. Reverence. Every now and then we need something to shake us up, you know. My wife used to even be afraid of me. You say, what's she afraid of? She's, she's bad to get tickled in a service. And you know how it is when you get tickled in a service. It's like two kids at night get tickled. Everything gets funnier. And the more daddy hollered up there, y'all better hush it up, the funnier it got. Daddy would say about three times, you better hush it up. I'm go- Don't make me come in there. And that was even funny. And finally, Daddy'd come in there. He'd throw the covers off me and my sister Sheila. He'd throw the covers off and take that leather belt and he'd wear us out. It wasn't funny no more. It wasn't funny no more. My wife, she'd get tickled about something, and and she'd tell this herself. She said she'd tell a person next to her, say, quit, He's gonna make me come up here and sit behind him." I used to be so bold. What happened? What happened? A reverence for the house of God. He was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? Did you know when you ain't right with God, the house of God and an encounter with God is a dreadful place. Remember how miserable you was before you got saved? You remember how, man? You, you dreaded going in there. You might not have dreaded the singing. You might have even not dreaded the preaching. But you dreaded when that lady come up there. And that that man got that invitational song, and you felt guilty like you'd killed somebody. And that was a dreadful place Amen. because you wasn't right with God. Most amazing thing when I got saved is the Sunday after when I went back to church. And I was so dreading that invitation because I always hated the invitation because I felt so bad. I, didn't, I could make it through everything else. And I was expecting that same old guilty feeling to come over me again. But glory to God, that day it never came. Amen. And it's never came since. Amen. Oh, I've been convicted about stuff, but I've never been convicted of being lost and going to hell. Amen. That never came again. And so he said, He was afraid and said how dreadful is this place. Now watch this. And then he said that place used to be called Luz at first. But he said now we're going to call it Bethel. We'll call it Bethel. Now Luz means almond trees. Probably a place where there was a lot of almond trees. In the Bible almond trees is a type of the resurrection. When you look at those uh, candlesticks in the temple and all that the almonds were the type of the resurrection, but here in this city it was probably just a fact there was a lot of uh, almond trees there. But after he had this meeting with God, he said, "We're going to change the name of this place, and we're going to call this place Bethel." Bethel means the house of God. Amen. That's that's how when we, that's how we come up with this name here for this church. We were seeking for the right name for this church, and we started it. And I found out one day that word Bethel meant the house of God. And so we named it Bethel. I wish now we'd have named it El Bethel. You say, why El Bethel? Because many, many years later, Jacob has another encounter with God. And then over in Genesis 35, he has another encounter with God And he says in this last encounter he has with God in verse 7, he said he built there an altar and he called the place El Bethel. You see, Bethel means the house of God, but El Bethel means the God of the house. And more important than the house of God is the God of the house. Amen? Amen? Yes, sir. And the Bible said he renamed that place. And he never, ever forgot Bethel. And every time he'd get in trouble, he'd want to go back to Bethel. You don't forget them places that you've had an encounter with God. My first encounter when I got saved, every time I go through Temple Hill, I have to, I have to slow down when I go by that Temple Hill Baptist Church. And I think that's where I had my first encounter with God on a Sunday morning up there at the altar of that church. Amen. Sometimes when I get, uh, you know, get down out or, or sometimes I need assurance, I like to drive back to Temple Hill and I like to drive there to that church where I first met God. Or I like to drive out there. to That old factory worked in 23 years. I don't like to drive out there because of the work of the factory. But I like to drive out there because out there on 512 on that upper deck where I had an encounter with God. He said, you've been wanting to know if it's me, now you know. And sometimes I'll never forget many years ago Bad, bad year. Nobody getting saved. Nobody testifying. I couldn't preach a lick. Nobody do anything. Church going down. I really thought it was the end of the road for me. But I'll never forget that Sunday morning. I got up early and my wife said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to church. She said, it's only 7 o'clock. I said, I can't help it. I've got to go to church. And I went up there and that Joey's Sunday school room and I walked in there and I took my coat off and I laid it in a chair and I loosened my tie up and I began to talk to God and I said, God, I'm Ricky Prophet. I said, I thought you called me to preach but if you forgot about me, I don't know what's happened, God. But if you don't do something, if you don't do something today, I said, God, I can't go no farther. And for an hour I talked with God until I heard a door open voices and I realized it was it was nine thirty, people were coming in for Sunday school. And I got up and I went in the bathroom and I washed my face and straightened my tie up and put my coat back on. It seemed nothing had happened. And that Sunday morning I walked out to the pulpit and I opened my Bible up. I, I didn't feel no different. Didn't anything didn't anything seem much different than than what it had been. And I opened my Bible up and I began to read this right here. And when I began to read it, I felt God. Yeah. And them old wells that had been dried up for a year, they began to flow. Grip on the pages of my Bible as I began to read, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding? He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I looked up and there was people weeping all over the church. And I preached that morning with the freshness of God. And an 18-year-old young man named Chris that had been coming all summer, he stepped out and walked down to the altar and got saved that morning. Heaven came down and glory filled everybody's soul. And in the next few months of that year, 56 people would come to know the Lord. Amen. And I'm not saying I can't get discouraged, but before that encounter with God, if I come to church and seen what i seen tonight, all them empty seats, if I came like I did this morning and I seen all them empty seats, I'd be so discouraged I couldn't preach. But after that day that I had that encounter with God, I don't get discouraged about that anymore. I just preached to what's there. I'm glad to be able to preach. God done something. I can't explain it. God done something inside of me. That divine encounter with God up there on that Sunday morning. I'm still running on it tonight. But I need another divine encounter with God. And you need a divine encounter with God. And that stuff's not just for preachers. Amen. That's for everybody. Amen. Jacob said, surely the Lord's been in this place and I knew it not. Father, I come to you tonight. Lord,